From the San Bernardino Police Department, this is The Briefing Room. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Michelle. Today with me, I have Jen Carell. Welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of symbolism for police forces everywhere. Yes. We're going to be talking about the thin blue line and what that means to law enforcement. And um, Jen, as a former member of our Honor Guard, uh, has a lot of experience with that stuff. So thanks for coming in today, Jen. My pleasure. My pleasure. So one of the reasons why we're even talking about this today is because Police Week is coming up next week. Yes. And that's a huge week for law enforcement. There's no police officer in the country that misses Police Week or doesn't (laughs) know that it's happening. Right. It's kind of like... Not Christmas because it's solemn, but yeah. it's uh, it's an attention getter for us for sure. Right. Part of our history for sure. Yeah. So I know you've been to a lot of police week functions. Can you talk a little bit about what what kinds of police week related things we have and ha- how we celebrate law enforcement during the month of May? In our country and state. So Police Week actually started way back in 1963. John F. Kennedy, uh, as a president, had designated May 15th as National Police Day. And then it started to expand from there. So there's a lot of history as far as some of the ceremonies that occur. Mm -hmm. I actually just got back from Sacramento for our police memorial. um, For the state. For the state on Monday. So, you know, you'll have a lot of different celebratory, in a way, ceremonies that will just commemorate the fallen officers and those that have been critically injured in the line of duty. And those ceremonies, you know, date back to some of the first flag laws and some of the rules that, you know, we follow, but, um, it's, it's a great way to just take a moment and pause much like the military has, you know, their Memorial days and things like that. We, we basically take this week to honor the families of those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And each County is responsible for having some sort of, um, event and it can be a very, you know, quiet, um, releasing of the doves or laying down of flower that at some sort of Memorial or a bigger event where they have multiple agencies come and they'll do a, you know, an event where, it's like a glove laying ceremony and right. an actual presentation of colors. And I and know so. our mounted unit does the horseless or the riderless horse. Yes. Yes. And that there's a lot of symbolism there. Um, that actually started back in the military where during funerals, a riderless horse would actually be presented normally at officers funerals and above. But um, we adopted it since, you know, law enforcement does have that military background mm-hmm. as well. And it's just, it's a beautiful way to just really show how much we all hurt when we lose an officer yeah. in the line of duty. Yeah. So, um, you know, with honor guard, it's been a great way for us to be involved and give that final moment or that final tribute to yeah. the officers and then annually go back and just, you know, show that Remember we haven't it. forgotten. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And we do this at the state level in Sacramento and usually that comes before the national memorial. Correct. And I think a lot of states do it that way so that we don't have conflict where you have to attend one or the other. Correct. So, um, you know, kudos to people who plan these events for thinking of those things. Um, it's really important to us. And I think, um, when you look at officers who in the state of California go to Sacramento, we pretty universally will, uh, end up visiting the memorial there across from the Capitol. Yes. And it's a beautiful memorial, um, that the last occasion that I visited Washington, D.C., just for family trip to go see our nation's capital, that did include a trip to the National Memorial. 
And I think if you're a police officer doing something like that, and especially if you have fallen members of your department or even family members on that wall, you spend time there, you know, among the lions. Yes. And you find your family members' names. And I I know for us, it was that way. Yeah. Last time I was there was before Bryce Haynes died. So Mm -hmm. we found uh, Dan Clark, uh, Gerald Silvestri on the wall, and then uh, a family member of mine, Philip Rodriguez. It's really neat. You can actually get uh, some sort of etching of your fallen officer, family member, et cetera, and just be able to rub that um, crayon or, or pencil against the wall and be able to get their name. But um, at the National Memorial, it is the, as you mentioned, the two giant lions mm-hmm. um, that are basically guarding the uh, the wall with so many names. And it's just, yeah. you watch the family members or the friends, you know, or coworkers go by and it's just, you see so many different, you know, flowers or trinkets right. that relate, you know, it's, it's just absolutely touching. And then when you actually go to police week, um, there are officers truly from around the world. I've right. actually had made friends with a few officers from London, you know, and, uh, as I look at the different uniforms, it is just an amazing um, moment to take in to recognize that people took their time to, to fly all yeah. around the world to come there and, and come around. Yeah. So really, really neat experience. Um, unfortunately, the times that I did go to the National Memorial was because we had, you know, fallen officers right. from our agencies. Uh, but it, there's just no better tribute in my mind to be right. able to give that comfort to the families, at, you know, accompanying them with some sort of explanation of why we do certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and why certain ceremonies occur. Because, you know, from a civilian who who's never had that experience, they don't right. maybe understand or recognize, you know, why certain things are done. But and then just, you know, obviously trying to because it is so big and it yeah. is so emotional, just giving that comfort to them, yeah. you know, having that that face that they recognize it to walk them through mm-hmm. both the state and the national. It was a huge honor, um, you know, while we were involved in with the honor guard to do it, but, uh, it's, it's heavy. It is yeah. definitely, you know, it's on one point, you're just so proud to be an American and so but proud. you're going to probably drop a tear. Oh, hundred percent. And you are, you know, you're going to be there among people who have experienced such huge loss. Yeah. And it's just, it's a tough Mm -hmm. experience. Yep, absolutely. There's, gosh, during the candlelight vigil, I remember looking out at the National Memorial and seeing tens of thousands of candles lit. And I don't care if it was the toughest, you know. Oh, yeah. Old guy or the youngest. Yeah. Would be moved by (laughs) that. Or the youngest officer, you know, who just signed on. There's just no way to not feel the magnitude of, of what that means, you know. So, yeah. It's really neat. It's, yeah. It's great. Well, there's a lot of uh, symbolism that comes along with uh, things like this, whether we're talking about memorials or the funerals themselves for police officers. And that was, you know, um, one of the things that we really wanted to get the heart of to the heart of today, which was the thin blue line. Yes. And this is something that you see um, accompanying police officers quite a bit. And, and it really is on display when you see memorial services, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely a way that we uh, represent what the law enforcement profession means. And a lot of people don't understand what that thin blue line means. You know, I think that there have been some more recent allegations that it's a sign of racism or, you know, it's some sort of us versus symbol, them yes, mentality. Of, correct. Of some, you know, secret society. And it's not that at all. You know, yeah. it, it 
I think it was truly made to represent, obviously, a muted uh, yeah. American flag, but it is the symbolism of good versus evil and the protection of right. the country. So. Yeah. And I think one of the ways to really understand uh, before we get fully into what it means to police officers and how we see that uh, is just to talk about a little bit of the history about how it even began. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times you see the thin blue line displayed as either like a black background with just a blue, bright blue stripe. Right. You know, in there. And then there's the muted flag that you talk about. One of the ways that this idea was developed was actually historically through uh, military representation and military defense of civilian populations. So uh, historically, there was a reference to the thin red line. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, started in the Crimean War, where the British forces, traditionally known as redcoats, Mm-hmm. were the red line that separated, you know, the civilian population from the Russians that they were warring with. Eventually, though, uh, American military adopted that, or at least not necessarily adopted it, but what it was used in reference to American military. And the reason why the military ended up with a blue line initially was because we, if you look back in the late 1800s, the military uniforms were blue. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, around the turn of the century, the military started adopting the green uniforms. But before that, they were wearing blue. Green uniforms at that point were more combat and actual field ops uniforms, but they still had dress blues. And if you think back, you know, like right now, you still see like the Navy, they have dress blues, dress whites. You know, the Air Force has dress blues. Um, You know, and obviously the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. got it in their uniforms. Um, You know, so that blue still you see in dress uniforms. And I think the Coast Guard even has, I think they've got some blues in their uniform as well. So um, that is where the thin blue line got associated with the military. But ultimately, as the military transitioned to those green uniforms, uh, the color blue didn't really represent them adequately. So Mm -hmm. in the 1950s, law enforcement started adopting that uh, thin blue line reference because police officers were wearing blue by and large. Correct. So um, that was how the thin blue line started getting associated with the mil- with the police officers versus the military. Uh, and now the military is often referred to with the thin green line. Right. Because it represents more accurately the colors that you see them in sure. on a day-to-day basis. So the thin blue line was not something that just, you know, kind of came out of poof nowhere. It has always had a protective connotation right. to it. Right. Um, and it's just a question of who does it refer to sure. throughout history. So now that we have that little background, um, let's talk about what it actually means to police officers currently. Police officers are a small number of people in the population. Mm-hmm. We are... The people who uh, make a specific choice to be um, a defensive force right. against people who would harm the general population. And so since there's not that many of us, we get referred to as a thin line. And right. because we are a blue line, you know, that's where that is the thin blue line. It right. represents there's few of us and it is a reference to to a color that people right. identify with law enforcement. That's really what is at the core of it is that there's only so few of us that defend the public. And so when you look at it in reference on that thin blue line flag, you can see the majority of the flag represents the general population, the normal people out there living their lives, you know, just trying to make the world a better place. And then there's the thin blue line. And below that line, that space on that flag represents the people in our population who would do harm to the others. Right. And the blue line is placed there on that flag to separate 
those who would do harm from the rest of the, the country's population. Right. That truly is what it means, is we are that protective force between them. No, that's exactly it. It, it has nothing to do with being some exclusive group or, you know, um, better than anyone else. It's true, ju- truly just that collective of we are part of America. We are part of the protective forces. We are mm-hmm. all trying to represent the protection of and, you know, just keeping our society at bay, you know, and, and really just warding off the evils of the world, you know? Yeah. So, um, I was a little bit taken back at first when I'd heard that it was a symbol of racism. Cause I just thought, yeah, no, you don't, me. you don't understand, you know, what that really is or yeah. what it really means to each one of us. And, you know, there's a lot of symbols throughout that have, I think been misunderstood, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, this one, especially at that, no, it's it, yeah. the reason why you see that thin blue line. And then, this, you know, when it eventually transitioned onto the flag is because it's actually a patriotic, you know, yeah. symbol. It's, it's truly just, we love our country. We love our city. We love our community. And that's what we are trying to keep together. Right. And I think by putting the thin blue line within the flag, it does show that we are part of that country. Right. We are, we are one of you and we're just protecting people from those who would harm them. Right. There's no way that somebody understands the history of it because when you look at it, nobody would ever say a thin green line flag represents racism sure, or a thin red line for the fire department represents racism. Sure. But nothing, you know, nobody would say that about any of the colors right. on these flags. Right. So I think it just ended up kind of getting used And those issues stand apart. When I think about um, that kind of uh, conflation, I always think about, um, especially after January 6th, too, how not only have some groups uh, claimed it is a racist symbol, but it was used and it was taken to January 6th with a bunch of those people that went and invaded the Capitol. Right. And I, I remember when I saw that, I thought, oh, no, this is not going to be good. Put right. that away. That's, that doesn't represent what you're doing right now. Right. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people now who see that as a mm-hmm. symbol of insurrection mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Anarchy. Yeah. 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 So that's not good for us either. So yeah. now, in addition to some people from uh, some of the social justice movements, and, I, and I'm not going to say all of them, but some people from the social justice movements have said, you know, it, it's associated with racism or oppression. And now we have that issue where it's associated with insurrection, anti-government activities. Right. Things can always be spun into different narratives to support whatever their agenda or their, you know, their true belief is. But, you know, that is not the history of right. what, where any of this symbolism came from. And it's truly not the intention of anyone displaying it in the right ways, obviously. Right. You know, so, you know, when when people see that or they get offended by it, I just hope that they take a step back and just mm-hmm. recognize that it, it there was no ill intention. Originally, there's no ill intention now with the great vast majority of right. people who, who display it or, you know, show it proudly in whatever manner they they have it, whether it be a shirt, a stick, or et cetera. So it's, you know, it just goes kind of goes back to police week though. I'm noticing that um, they are displaying it less and less and they're showing more of the roses and they're showing more of, you know, the very neutral symbols that they they are able to be comfortable with, you know, and, and that's fine. It doesn't take away from police week or what the, the true meaning is behind it. Because I think in every circumstance, we're just trying to give honor to those who are exactly fallen, you know, and to their families. And, so in whatever f- 
fashion we have to do it will modify what needs mm-hmm. to be until we can get society straightened out or yeah you know. um but it, it is just going back to those memorials it you know if the public hasn't been able to go see one or attend one i highly highly recommend them they're not closed by no. any means to the public and we, and we actually welcome the public to attend just to kind of yeah. see the amount of um of history that goes into it and the amount of preparation, you know, just to really be able to recognize, um, you know, what, what has really occurred here. And when you see the children of those who have been lost, Oh gosh, it's a gut punch. Oh, it is. It is so hard, you know, but it also brings you back to reality and it grounds you like Mm -hmm. every day is a blessing. Every day is precious. And, and that's not just for law enforcement, that's for, you know, our world, but, I think when you're able to attend some of those ceremonies, it really just gives you a better idea of why there is the level of camaraderie or why there is the level of passion in law enforcement, because it, it's, we have to, we have to yeah. be able to have that in order to continue on day by day, seeing the most ugly portions of society yeah. and still showing up the very next day to, to, you know, fight it again. So. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think there's this, um, I always say it's like wearing a responsibility, yeah. being a police officer. You you can't just turn that on and off right. in your life. Right. And and we try, you know, there's a certain amount of turning it off when we get home. But even when you turn off what's happening at work, you don't turn off the fact that you're always looking around when you're at the grocery store Correct. or you can't stand at the gas pump pumping gas without looking right. at every single other person at the gas station. Right. I will be in, you know, I'll come out of a, a Walmart or, you know, what have you. And as I'm walking through the parking lot, I'm scanning, you know, mm-hmm. on my time off. And if I see somebody who looks like they could be a victim of something and I look, you know, and I see. You a, see a potential, a potential aggressor. Correct. I stand and watch. And oh, yeah. I make sure that they get to their car safely and that they're able yep. to leave. And it's, I don't think people even recognize the fact that we're there, you know. Right. And, and that we're watching. But you can see the other cops in the parking lot right. that are doing the same thing. Right. Because it's almost like we're prairie dogs. We got our heads up. We're looking around. (laughs) true. We're all looking towards the same two things. And then you see each other and and there's almost like this little eyeball meet acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We both see that. We're going to handle business if there's a problem. I've even seen, you know, men in general, I I think, who are also a little bit more protective of, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I don't know what their profession is necessarily, but um, they've seen You see with military people, too. Yeah, Yeah. They've seen me watching and then the same thing. We meet eyes and it's that recognition of... I'm good. We're the good. They're yeah. good. You know? We're going to be the ones who are handling this right. if if something happens. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, you know, you you look at that, that mentality of protectiveness right. and that we are the protectors and we have that responsibility to people. We wear that all the time. Right. And I think that just reinforces how we feel right. and why we feel the way we do about right. the thin blue line and why it's so offensive to us right. when it does get conflated with racism sure. and anti-government sentiment. Um, you know, and, and we, that's why we just don't want to see that because we, we wear that responsibility of protection all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. I, you know, ever since nine 11, um, even when I load onto a, an airplane, when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. you know, I start to lock eyes with people who I think, okay, if something horrific was to happen, who would be my unofficial backup? Like who right. would I task to, who am know, I going to tap shoulders yeah, with? Yeah. Like you and I, and this guy and this person and this person are all going to handle business, whatever the emergency yeah. is, you know, an emergency landing, or, yep. you know, an aggressor, like you have to start to formulate these plans. And so I laugh when, you know, as an eight, I don't laugh. It's, it's, it's hard, but, um, 
I have to kind of smile to myself to sometimes when I'm hearing some of these comments, uh, uh, negative comments about our profession. Yeah. And I'm like, you have no idea how we're programmed and yeah. how we think and how we are truly willing to give up yeah. every moment of our normal lives and our work lives mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes to try to, you know, provide some level of protection just to make the situation better. Yeah. It's just a responsibility we always wear. It, it is. And I don't think, you know, even like you mentioned, you know, with some of the military or the fire guys or, you know, anybody that has had some level of responsibility mm-hmm. for protection of public, I don't think that ever goes away. I love the, the heart, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's, I think that's why they use the lion, you know, at the memorial because yeah. it's, it truly is the heart of the lion that, yes. you know, wants to protect the Well, and the lion is a great symbol, but there's another symbol that gets associated with police officers and also associated with a thin blue line. And it's kind of an allegory. It's the sheepdog. Yes. Um, You're familiar with that. Do you want to share that with the listeners? Yeah. So the sheepdog is basically that it's the protector of their herd, right? And and so they don't rest even when the rest of their herd does rest. And, you know, they're constantly out there. They're not aggressive, but they're willing to fight. And so when the wolf comes or mm-hmm. when the coyote or whatever the, the attacker is, you know, um, the, the sheepdog jumps into action, protects the herd, and then goes back and lays down and licks their wounds. And I loved the idea of the sheepdog when I had first heard about it because I thought, wow, what an absolute true symbol, you know, um, we're not described as the pit bull, you know, right. it's the sheepdog, you know, right. it's, the, it's the fluffy, you know, mm-hmm. lesser intimidating, you know, but so true. So true. Yeah. And, you know, and oftentimes if you're familiar with farming or, or herding it or at all, um, in true sense, you know, the, the sheepdog alerts the shepherd when there's a problem with right. medical issues with the goats or mm-hmm. the sheep, you know, it's, there's so many different reasons why that, that sheepdog is there, um, as a careful eye and a watch, uh, you know, during all times of the day. And so, um, again, going back to the symbolism and, and just when people have talked about that in a negative connotation as well, mm-hmm. and I just shake my head and I'm like, if you, you just don't understand, boil it down to the simplistic meaning that it is. And it's, it's actually quite beautiful, you know, yeah. no matter who you are and no matter what your beliefs are, yeah. it's always nice to have somebody looking out for you. And yeah. that's, that's really what it is. And, and that's what it means. A lot of people don't like the sheepdog, even when you're part of the herd, because right. the sheepdog is, you know, saying, Hey, you got to go. There's right. a wolf over here. Right. You got to, you got to move. Or, and they're nipping at your heels a right. little bit, you right. know, and they're like, Hey, you, you got to go. There's a problem. And right. they're making all kinds of racket. And you're like, what's the big fat, hairy deal, right. sheepdog. But they well, are, they're yeah. protecting you yeah. and they're alerting the shepherd right. and they're going to do battle with the wolf. Yeah. And Maybe be, you know, damaged by the wolf mm-hmm. pretty sincerely, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to go do that battle. And so it also represents that protectiveness yeah. that police officers feel. So you'll see during police week, a lot of that imagery of the sheepdog or you'll hear you'll hear the story, the allegory of the sheepdog mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. So that's what that means to us. So listen out for that. I think we've kind of explained what we came here to explain. We've uh, helped everybody understand that the thin blue line and the the sheepdog allegory are definitely symbols of our protective feelings towards the public that we serve. And if any of you are curious about any of the events that we had talked about or any of the ceremonies, there are a lot of videos that are available online as well as websites that will explain more of the history and also give you a lot of um, pictures showing the different memorials. And then um, there will be some schedules as far 
yeah. is where you can attend your local ceremony. And if, like I said, if you've never attended, it really is touching and it's, it's yeah. a great thing to be a part of. Bring a hanky. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, as always, I'd like to invite everybody to give us some feedback on social media and definitely next week, uh, watch out, uh, for, uh, some of the stuff that we're going to be putting out as an agency for police week. Mm -hmm. You can comment on any of our social media, media pages. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok now, um, Twitter, we're on all that stuff (laughs) next door. So leave us a comment wherever you found this post. We'll also put the community affairs email in the show notes so you can send us messages directly as well. So thanks again, Jen, for coming and telling us about this important issue. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's our podcast for today from the San Real PD briefing room. I'm Michelle Mahan. I'm Jennifer Carroll. And we'll see you next time.